0: Welcome to the Coach Bono's podcast on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. Hey, we're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and on Instagram at Coach Bo Knows Show, uh, is our handle there. You can also check out our Facebook page, Coach Bo Knows Show, and you can email us at Coach Bo Knows Show. At gmail.com. Hey, this is, this is gonna be fun today. <laughs> I'm gonna have fun. This is episode 23, and we're going to do a wrap-up of the conference championship games. Oh, we got a lot to talk about. And and, and I'm gonna first I'm gonna up. Man, I, I feel like Stephen A. Smith and the Cowboys lost. I warned y'all, man. I warned y'all, don't you all do not underestimate my man Joe Burrow, but um, hey, by no means was that game, did I think it was going to end like that when I was watching the first half of that game, so um let's get into it, let's talk about what we saw, what happened, uh unbelievable uh game and just a really an unbelievable couple of games, I thought both games were really good today. Um, I thought that uh, what we saw was just pretty amazing overall. So let's talk about it first. We'll get to, let's get to the Chiefs. Uh, we're going to talk about both games, and then I'm going to talk about the Chiefs individually uh, and what I think they should do and some things that they've got coming down the road and, and all that kind of stuff. But what I want to do first is just get on to the two games. And we are not going to preview the Super Bowl today. Um Token Girl and I are going to do that on the point .5, and next week on the point .5, we're going to talk all about the Super Bowl and everything else going on with it, and we'll talk KU Basketball on the point .5, but today we're just going to talk about these two games, and then I'm going to talk about the Chiefs for a little bit, because, well, I got some Chiefs fans who everybody's buddies of mine who are, some of them burn the bridges, and some of them are like, we're going to be okay, we're going to be okay, and I think it's kind of a mix of the two, so I'll talk a little bit about that, but let's get to the Chiefs game first, Chiefs lose 27-24 after having a 21-3 lead on the Bengals. Now listen, I'm watching the game. I'm sitting in my basement on my couch. I'm watching the game. It's 21-3. I text a friend of mine, and I I tell her, I said, man, this this, this is probably over. I I just don't see how the Bengals can get back in this. And I say that for a couple of reasons. You know, I, I said it because... The Chiefs had got the ball to start the second half, a 21-3 lead. They hadn't got to the point where they were kicking the field goal or should have kicked the field goal at the end of the half. I was thinking it was going to be 24, even 28-3 to at that point. But uh, I figured, hey, the Chiefs are running the ball well. They're going to be able to shorten the second half. Uh, Mahomes won't turn the ball over. You're going to have to have a couple of turnovers in order for this to happen. And uh, that was all of my thinking when I thought, hell, 21-3, this game could be wide open and over. No way did I believe that the Bengals were going to come back and actually win this game. Uh, not that I didn't have confidence in Joe Burrow, but uh, the Chiefs, look, they were doing some great things. They shut Jamar Chase out in the first half, no catches in the first half. Uh, they were getting some pressure on Burrow, hit him a couple times, but never sacked him you know, last week when Burrow had the, they had the nine sacks they gave up to the Titans, I thought, well, the Chiefs will be able to pin their ears back a little bit because the, the Bengals will have to throw the ball and everything that goes with that. So, um, but that's where I was thinking. That's where I was at with, you know, 21-3 to 3 lead. I thought, here's where they're at. Here's what's going to happen. And then the Chiefs inexplicably just forgot how to play, how to coach football. Andy Reid, and I'm going to get into Andy Reid a little bit later, but I, I thought Andy Reid got way out coached in this game. I've, if you get out coached by Zach Taylor, first off, that's just a shame on you at this point. I don't mean Zach Taylor's not going to be a Hall of Fame coach. I don't know. I don't know Zach Taylor. I just know he's been real bad for a while, and I don't know what's going to happen with him. But I know that really that team revolves around Burrow and Chase. And what we saw today was really just poor coaching. You got the second half. At the end of the first half. You've got the Chiefs have five seconds. They, they do the right thing. They throw the ball away. Five seconds. Kick the field goal. Kick the field goal. Don't get cute. And that's Andy Reid's problem. He wants to get cute. With five seconds, even an incomplete pass, you're not guaranteed to get the extra second. Even when you have a timeout, he should have just kicked the field goal there. It makes it 24-3. It's a three-touchdown game. Your defense is played well. You don't have to worry about it. You're running the ball well. Plus, you're getting the ball back in the second half. Well, out comes the second half. And in the second half, the Bengals made a really great switch in the defensive backfield. Eli Apple, who we knew going in was going to be all over three-kill. I even said, if Eli Apple's on on three-kill, Mahomes is going to look for that, and he's going to exploit it the entire game. And he did, you know, at least for the first half. But what happened was, second half, Bengals switched. They put Von Bell, man up on almost every play on Tyreek Hill, switched Eli Apple to where he was underneath. Eli Apple's not a good man-to-man coverage guy on a faster player, but he's a capable tackler. And they had him underneath working on Kelsey. Getting a little bit of safety help on Hill for the big plays, which came in really key late in the in the overtime, um, was a big deal. And all of a sudden, Tyree Hill doesn't get a catch in the second half or overtime. I mean, just a couple little adjustments, and that's something that the that the Chiefs have not done well all season. They led the league in first possession points, and they led the league in points in the third quarter. They make these adjustments offensively in the third, but they've never put it all together. And the Bengals outflanked them. And that's what it really came down to. The other piece of it is they just flat refuse to run the football. Um, if you listen to this or you hear me on, on uh, Tyler Jones' podcast, you know that I am a big believer running the football. And the stats bear it out. You have to run the football. If you don't run the football, that's a problem. In the second half, the Chiefs ran the ball 10 times. Let me repeat that. They only ran the ball 10 times. Why is that a problem? They had the lead. You control the clock by running the football. They ran it 10 times, threw it 21. I mean, that's just a recipe for letting someone else get back in the game. And, and, I mean, everything you could do to let a team back in the game. I'm also sitting there thinking at halftime, well, shit, they're going to have to get two turnovers at least. And Mahomes, he doesn't turn the ball over like that. He's not willy-nilly with the ball in bad spots. He might throw a long one, but that's basically a punt. You know, the old Terry Bradshaw kind of argument, which I've made for years. You know, I, again, I can kind of forgive those. But his two interceptions in the game were huge. One, the big man jumps up, tips it. Takes it, you know, takes it uh not takes it all the way back, but gets the settlement set up for the fill the touchdown there. And the late um flip-flop of interceptions, which ended up helping, you know, the, the Bengals again. Defensively, the Bengals also just could not get pressure on Burrow. You know, a week ago, the Titans sacked Burrow nine times. And somehow, way he won the game. This week, the Chiefs only sacked Burrow once. The fourth interception, LeJarius Sneed had, a t- had an interception in the game, and they only hit him four times. The Kansas City defense got one sack, one interception, one qu- uh, four quarterback hits. The Bengals defense, this all happened in the second half. Four sacks of Mahomes, two picks, two tackles for loss, five quarterback hits, all in the second half. Unbelievable difference. They made the difference. They made the, the backside difference with, you know, manning up and doing a different deal with, with Tyreek Hill. And all of a sudden, they're getting pressure. We thought pregame, we talked about this on the Jones Report, I talked about it on this show last week. I thought they'd bring three and use Hendrickson from the right hand side. It's exactly what they did. But the second half, they also took Hubbard, one of the D tackles, who's really like a pass rusher. He's not particularly a tackle, he's more of an end more of an edge guy, and they had him mirror Mahomes. If Mahomes went right, he went right and was trying to force Mahomes to either stay in the pocket or roll to his left where they had Trey Henderson ready for him, thus the couple sacks that Henderson had. Um, It was really, really a great game. The Bengals just totally outplayed the Chiefs in the second half. The Chiefs totally outplayed the Bengals in the first half. I mean, it, it should have been over. At 21-3. The Bengals do get the first-to-half touchdown. It ends up being 21-10 at the half. And then, I mean, the Chiefs just, they they blew it. They just played and simply blew it. And I will say, after the game, I watched some of the press conference here uh, before, after the other game, but Andy Reid, I thought was very classy. He took the blame. He took the blame on the bad play call at the goal line before the half. He took the blame on, hey, this loss is on him, and it really is. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to tell you, this this loss is on two people. This loss is on Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. This is the worst I've seen Patrick Mahomes play in a really long time. He has not, he didn't put a full game together. He was spectacular in the first half. And then one little change... Well, I guess two changes, the one in the defensive backfield, one where you're going to have a spy on Mahomes, and all of a sudden he can't complete a pass. 39 pass attempts, 21 in the second half. There is just no way he should have been throwing the ball that much in the second half. That's on coaching. So um, I guess it goes to show something I think about the Chiefs as a team, and we're going to talk about this. There's just their reliance on Patrick Mahomes, being Patrick Mahomes, and being the best Patrick Mahomes every week. You really can't get away with that. And I just, I, I really think that was the biggest deal. Played the Chiefs defense, and then there's the refusal of Andy Reid to make some changes. Um, the halftime issue, the clock issue, again, Andy Reid is terrible with the clock. We already know that. Um, the refusal to run the ball, to me, is just crazy. If you watch the first half. I mean, they were running... Their run plays for seven eight nine yards um McKinnon ran spectacular in the first half and they just get away from it they still averaged 5.8 yards on 24 carries you know 24 carries 139 yards and they really kind of split it up between McKinnon with 12 carries and edwards toaire with six uh they got Hartman a couple you know those things you can do and they're not bad plays it's Running the football controls the clock, and the Chiefs didn't do that at all. And I really think that was a big deal. The other piece, Chiefs defense the first half played played, uh, the whole Burrow-Chase thing perfectly. You know, they didn't necessarily get pressure on Burrow, but they took away Chase and said, hey, we're not going to let Jamar Chase beat us. He had zero catches in the first half and it was really forcing um, Burrow to make some decisions and kind of move the ball around, shuffle the shuffle the deck, if you will, a little bit. The other piece to that was the Bengals could not run the ball. The Chiefs defense was loading the box. They were getting some pressure, and they were stopping mixing. It was a really good defensive plan in the beginning. Don't let Chase beat us limit mixing as much as possible. He only averaged 4.2 yards a carry. He had the big one, the 23-yarder. You take that out of the 21 carries he had, and he's 20 carries for 65 yards. I mean, you're looking at three three 3.1 per uh, a play, and that's never going to get it done. So, um, again, I thought the Chiefs had a really good game plan. They just forgot to play the second half, apparently. And uh, it was pretty bad. The Chiefs decided, or the Bengals decided in the second half, they were going to get Chase involved. They are going to figure out a way. And they got Higgins involved a little bit early, Chase in the second half. They had a big play to Piran. A lot of that was those screen passes in the early third quarter. They ran two or three of those screen passes, something the Chiefs abandoned a long time ago and really need to get back to, and running some of those screen passes to their backs. They had had, uh, uh, three to Mixon. They had three to P. Ryan and those all went. Those those six carries, those six receptions, were seventy yards and a touchdown, including the big long forty-one yarder that P. Ryan took in to, to make it a uh, a three-point game. So, uh, just pretty unbelievable there, you know. And Burrow took over. This is the kid. He's <laughs> Joe Burrow outplayed Patrick Mahomes. There is no other way to discuss this. If you think that Patrick Mahomes played better than Joe Burrow, you don't know shit about football. Joe Burrow outplayed Patrick Mahomes. He played better in the second half, and he played well when it counted. Even in the overtime, when the Bengals lost the the, um, the coin toss, I looked at my wife and I said, Hey, if the Chiefs don't get a first down, this game's over. I mean, just simple. I was worried the Chiefs wouldn't even get a first down, and sure enough, they didn't. You know, they throw though. They run two little short runs. They try to throw something deep. Again, they love that deep thing. You don't have to try to make the big play. Run a screen pass. Run a pick play. Do something. Run some of these mesh plays. You guys run. Those are a lot of things the Chiefs could have done better in their second half play calling, and damn sure better in the overtime pass calling, uh, play calling. It was pretty unbelievable. You have the interception on the tip ball, and from there Burrow just brings his guys down, sets them up for a field goal, wins the game. One of the things I think is really underrated is the fact that you don't have to, as a quarterback, go down and score as quickly as possible. You don't have to go down and score the touchdown when a field goal will do. And that's something the Kansas City Chiefs have still not figured out. At the beginning of the, at the end of the first half, a field goal would, get, would be fine. A field goal is fine. Mahomes did a masterful job of driving them inside the 10, but they are so die hard about running some kind of gimmick bullshit down there and get a touchdown when three points will get it done. Three points would have done it. If they go into the half up 24 to 10 and get the ball, the game's practically over. It's a two-touchdown game, and if you get a field goal there, now you're looking at a 17-point game. Chiefs, like, Chiefs blew this. This is just coaching the whole way through. So, um, also with Burrow, you know, no one talks about you know his running abilities. You know, everybody talks, you know, oh, you know, Mahomes can get out of the pocket and make some things happen. Of course, we saw Josh Allen last week. Burrow had five carries, 25 yards, and he had the two big first downs in in the second half. Both of them, he he looked like Mahomes in those plays. Um, Just unbelievable performance. Joe Burrow has now led the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, the team that was 4-11-1 last year, are going to the Super Bowl. And the Kansas City Chiefs are going home. Hey, I want to ask you while you're listening here, I want you to do something for me. I want you to do something. I want you to step up your game here. I want you to help get you a little something for your wardrobe. does not be a bunch of gear. does not be your favorite team or your favorite player's jersey. Instead, I want you to check out Trunk Club from Nordstrom. Trunk Club is great. I'm a member of Trunk Club. I absolutely love it. And we've got a link in our show notes. If you go to our show notes and click on the link, you can do it while you're listening to me talk right now. Do it. Click on there, save 50 bucks. And what I'm going to tell you to do this week, I want you to do something different. This week, when you're looking, try a new style. Try something you've never done. It's a great way to try things. You can do something like the Winter Weekend Trunk or the Festive Dressing Trunk, the Winter Essentials Trunk. These are things that you might need or don't have or just want a different style. Change some things up. I love Trunk Club. I'm so excited to get my new one. i got a new one coming in a couple days. And this is how I've been filling out my wardrobe. And this has been a wonderful thing for me. My son likes it as well. My wife likes it. It doesn't matter who you are. Even for kids, Trunk Club is great. So check it out. Whether you want things for professional wear, for around the weekend, around the house, or anything, check out Trunk Club. Again, check out. In the show notes, you'll see our link. Check it out. Get $50 off your first trunk. And uh, we appreciate all the help with that. Okay, we talked about the Chiefs, talked about the, about the Bengals, and we're going to come back and talk about the Chiefs at length later. But I want to talk about this Rams 49ers game. Going in, last week I said, we, 0.5, we picked these games, and I said, look, I the Chiefs beat the Bengals in a really close game. I said, whoever had the ball last was going to have a chance to win the game. Whether it was Burrow or Mahomes, whoever had the ball last had a chance to win. I'd like that game to be close. This game, I thought, was going to be the the stinker of the two. I thought this was going to be the one where I thought the Rams would run away with it. The Rams and the 49ers, i got to give the 49ers some credit here. As bad as the 49ers played the week before, what I mean by that is 49ers played awful and somehow got past Green Bay. didn't score an offensive point. Um, and I thought, hey, man, there's no way that Garoppolo is going to have a good game against the Rams' defense. Uh, but a lot of the things that we saw kind of happened. We knew that the 49ers were trying to get Debo Samuel going. They used Elijah Mitchell, trying to run the ball. They tried to run the ball as much as they can, but they couldn't get their run game started. 20 carries total. They kind of split it up amongst Samuel and Mitchell. Uh, only got 50 yards. Only averaged 2.5 yards a carry. And it's because the Rams' defense, they came for it. Aaron Donald like a man possessed, and you don't get to see Aaron Donald put up big numbers. He didn't have a sack in the game. He didn't have a tackle for loss in the game. He did have um, two hits on the quarterback. He had two hits on Garoppolo, and he really forced the last play, the interception that uh, put it away for the Rams. But let's talk about this. Rams defense got it done. They just absolutely got after the quarterback. They made Jimmy Garoppolo look bad. He doesn't need any help doing that. He went 16 of 30. He did have two touchdowns in the game through the interception that was late in the game. It, it seemed like on the play calling, it was a lot of short stuff. Don't let Garoppolo you know, try to throw deep stuff. He had the big one, to Samuel, for 44. I-Chuck had a 31-yarder. But those are really plays that are... You know, those two guys use their athletic ability to make the bigger play out of a shorter throw. And... It's really kind of a situation with Garoppolo where you know what his limitations are. It isn't like the two quarterbacks we just talked about with, with uh, Mahomes and Burrow where you can put the team on their back and they can win. You can't do that with Jimmy Garoppolo. It was really based on that rushing offense. And it took the Rams some time here. Um, you know, this was a 10-7 game at the half. Um, it was just, uh, you know, the defenses were both solid. He's both solid defenses. Uh, both played well. Both got to the quarterback. The Rams, a week ago we said the Rams are going to have to run the ball more. And they did run it 29 times. They had a shitload of plays. Uh, they, ran, um, they ran 74 plays in this game. This is unbelievable. Uh, 45 pass attempts for Stafford. He was 31 of 45, two touchdowns, did have an interception. Um, he probably had the best game of all four quarterbacks statistically today. When you figure Mahomes had three touchdowns but two interceptions. And he was the only quarterback to go over 300 yards. He had the highest rating as well. With um, the Rams rushing game, you know, again, they, they just kind of said, we're going to keep bludgeoning you. We're going to keep popping you, keep hitting you. Akers and Michelle, they split the carries 13 for Akers, 20, uh, 10 for Michelle. Kind of what we talked about last week. I thought they would on the point five. I said, I thought they would split those carries kind of equally amongst the two. And it took the Rams some time to get that offense started. You know, it's um, 10-7 at the half. Then it's 17-7 at the end of the third. And I'm thinking, ooh, the Rams better get it going. And then they did. They get the big touchdown to the Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, he gets that. Then the 49ers had a big chance defensively dropped the interception. interception they dropped. I mean, just was right in their hands. Poor guy. They come back next possession, the Rams, or same possession, Rams, after the um, the dropped interception, come down the field. Uh, they use a big play to Odell Beckham, plus a penalty, set him up for a field goal. Remember I said that field goal thing earlier? Setting you up for a field goal is not necessarily a bad thing. The field goal gets the Rams back in it. So now you have a 17-17 game. Um. Rams D just went the lockdown from there. I mean, just absolutely locked the 49ers down. They weren't going to get anything. I mean, they only got one first down in the last half of the, the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter. Unbelievable. Uh, the last offensive um, uh, possession for the Rams, Stafford was money. I mean, he was great. And again, it's not overrated to get down there and kick a field goal. And that's exactly what the Rams did. They went down the field, a couple of big a couple of semi-big plays, you know, 15, 20, 18 yards. And it sets you up first down, first down, first down. They get inside the 20. Not able to cash in for the touchdown, but they do get the field goal, and they take the field goal to take the lead. So now you're looking at 20 to 17. Four downs with the ball back, the kickoff. They got a the, um, couple, couple plays there. Just a horrible, the last possession, just a horrible way of it. You have uh, an incomplete pass. They get both 25, incomplete pass, another incomplete pass. Then you have Garoppolo, who's falling down, looking like, I don't even know, looking like a child, and just you kind of lofts something in the air. It was third down. It was third and 13, and he just kind of throws throws the ball willy-nilly, hoping someone's there or to throw away, and then it's intercepted by Howard. The Rams just uh, um, run the clock out from there. But I want to talk about that play for a minute here, because Garoppolo, this is my problem with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think he's one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I would not want that guy on my team. I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. If I see that guy in New Orleans Saints, I'm probably going to have to lose, I don't know, my fanhood may have to change. My free agency already kind of pending there. But anyway, I, the Garoppolo thing was so bad. One, you can't throw it away. You can't just willy-nilly throw it out there. One, it can be intercepted. Even if it's not intercepted, it's not getting back to the line of scrimmage, and you're going to have a dead ball. It's going to go half the distance on back to the end zone, or 15 or half a distance on the penalty, because you're going to have intentional grounding there. It's almost like Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't know how to play quarterback. He knows how to get her center. He knows how to hand the ball off. He knows how to throw it ten or twelve yards. But Jimmy Grapple does not know what to do when you put some pressure on him. And the Rams kept bringing it. And I'm really happy for the Rams. They were my preseason pick. I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl this year. I, you know, I had the Rams and the Titans were my preseason pick. Uh, the Rams. A lot of it was based on the Rams defense. I thought that the a, I thought the NFC was going to be weaker. Which I mean, I think it really has been. And I thought that the Rams defense, Aaron Donald and um, and Jalen Ramsey, they were going to be great. Then they go and add Odell Beckham. You know, three. Uh, you know, what? Twelve weeks into the season, they get Odell Beckham. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, the Rams are real, and the Rams are going to be the favorite in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm really I'm happy for Aaron Donald. He's one of my favorite players. I think he's one of the best two defensive players I've ever seen. I think he is definitely in the Reggie White conversation for me. He may even be better at this point. I mean, he's just, he's a hes a tornado you have to look at on every single play because of what he can do on every single play and the way he just wreaks havoc around everybody. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is someone I really like as well. I think he's one of the best five defensive players in the league. And I know that some people don't like him because of his attitude and some of the way he behaves sometimes, but the guy's a phenomenal talent. And I'm a big fan there as well. Also, I mean Odell Beckham. I'm an LSU guy. You know, Odell Beckham. And my man Big Wit, Andrew Whitworth. I'm happy as hell for Big Wit. He came back, wasn't gonna play this season. Came back, decided to play one more season. Obviously, clicked collect that paycheck, but I'm like that last cut year last year, that contract. But now he gets to go to the Super Bowl. I really want to see Big Wit end it with a Super Bowl. I think it's really cool that he'll have his last game. And he gets to play his former team in the Bengals. So that'll be kind of interesting. We'll be hearing about that during the Super Bowl week, I'm sure. Uh, so happy for all the LSU guys that are in this. You know, we've got Burrow and Chase and uh, and uh, Sheldon on one side, Beckham and um, Big Wit on the Rams side. I'm going to root with my guy Burrow. I am ride or die with Burrow, but um, I mean, I'm not a Bengals fan. Just I'm a Burrow guy, so I'm going to root with Burrow. I'll make a pick later, in this, later this week, or maybe early next, but... It'll be interesting. This is going to be a, I think this is going to be a fun game. I think we'll have a good Super Bowl this year. So, um, yeah, a great game. I enjoyed the 49ers-Rams game. Uh, that was as good as the 49ers are going to get. They're not going to get back to this place with Jimmy Garoppolo on that team as their starting quarterback. They have Trey Lance. He'll be their starting quarterback next season. That was probably, I mean, almost definitely Jimmy Garoppolo's last game in San Francisco uh, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Please, God, don't let it be New Orleans. Um, but I think it's worth, you know, he'll be going somewhere. And it's interesting to see that the Rams did. The Rams went all in. And, you know, trade for trading all these draft picks away. They made a trade a year ago for for Jalen Ramsey, two years ago for Ramsey. You know, give up a first and a second for that. A first and a second for Stafford. They make a trade this year for Beckham. They don't have a first, second, or third round pick in the 2022 interval draft. I don't think they have a first, second, or third round pick next year as well. I mean, they've given up a lot to get to this place. So, uh, it'll be a fun Super Bowl. We're going to talk all about it over the next couple of weeks. We'll talk Ellen and I will talk about it on the point .5 on Friday. And then I think we're going to get uh, some help in here next Monday. And we're going to preview the Super Bowl in depth next next for next Monday's podcast as well. So, it uh, should be a lot of fun. Hey, one more plug in here before we get going to the end of the show, but uh, what I want to also bring up to you is, you know, everybody that knows me knows that, you know, I've, I own O'Connor Advisory Group. I'm a financial advisor, and I got to tell you, one of the things I love doing is I love working with young people, young people who are you know, in their 20s or 30s, even their 40s. Oh, hey, we're still young in our 40s, too, and if you don't, if you don't believe me, ask Tom Brady. But I love helping them get started, getting started on how to plan for retirement, how to plan for their children's education, things like that. I want you to do something. I want you to go to O'ConnorAdvisorGroup.com, shortcut O-A-G for O'Connor Advisory Group, K-S dot com, Click on the contact us. It's going to shoot me, myself an email. Let me know what is it that you need help with and let me see how I can help you. We've got a network of people, whether it's me, myself, helping you on your financial planning needs. We've got folks who can help you with you know, setting up your, if you want to refi a mortgage, you need insurance help, anything you can think of in the financial area. We've got context. If I don't do it myself, I've got someone who can help you. That includes things like health insurance, dental insurance. If you need some help, I want to be your partner. I want to help you out. And that's the whole you know, reason we do this. It's why we try to do the inspiring piece here on the Coach Bo Podcast. So, We'll get back to doing some of that here soon as well, but uh, talk a little football today. So thanks a lot. Check us out oagks.com Last thing I want to do during the game today, during the let me be real frank, during the Chiefs Bengals game, I was talking to a friend, longtime friend and big time Chiefs fan, and as the game got out of hand, I mean even until there was like. Six minutes to go in the game. I thought that man. I thought the Chiefs were going to pull this thing out. I was started thinking about God. The Chiefs have the same issues. It's the same thing. And, and there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. There's different ways to build a football team. And if you look, I'm looking at two teams in the Super Bowl. They're built completely different. You know, the Bengals are built around you know Joe Burrow and and you know, the number one overall pick two years ago. Uh, the 49ers or sorry, the Rams are built on, you know, all the free agents and all the trades they've made. It's time for the Chiefs to start thinking about where they are and not just thinking about where they are today. Um, I took a few minutes, I got on overthecap.com, if you ever or overthecap.net. if you get a chance, it's an interesting website. It gives you all the information on the salary cap. I'm a bit of a salary cap nerd. And I was looking at the Chiefs. I just was, I was curious. I was like, what are we going to do? What are they going to do here? We, I should say that, because I'm not a Chief fan. Uh, but saying, what are you going to do? Uh, the Chiefs are actually in a decent place salary cap-wise. So, let me pull it back up here as I'm opening my little screen here. Um, going in for 2022, the salary cap right now they're showing is about, is right at $110 million. are $210 million. Which for your 51 players in your roster, you got 210 million you can spend. Now, the Chiefs um, have 39 players under contract, and they have 2.3 million dollars in what's called dead cap money. That's money that's on play- players' or contracts. Basically, it was bonus roster bonuses or prorated bonus on players that are no longer on the roster. Um, and 2.3 million is not a lot of money in those kind of situations. But there are some holes and there are some issues on what's going to be happening with the Chiefs in this upcoming off season. The Chiefs, in many ways, kind of half did what the Rams did, but without sacrificing the um, without sacrificing draft picks. What they did was they went and got free agents. You know, they went and got Chris Long and they went and got Orlando Brown. Uh, they did trade for Melvin Ingram. You know who's going to be who's going to be a free agent. Uh, Joe Thune just kind of corrected that offensive line first. And then on the defensive side, bringing in a couple of guys. But the Chiefs have got some problems. Um, they've got Tyron Matthews going to be a free agent. I think this is their number one priority. They've got to figure out what to do about Tyron Matthew. They're about $14 million under right now. That's based on the $210, 000, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, I'm sorry, $210 million salary cap number. I suspect the number is going to go up by about 20 million. I think it'll be around 230. Uh, it could be a little bit higher than that. It's based upon revenue, and that number will come out around draft time. The Chiefs, by far, are not in a poor situation. Uh, if you want to give you give an idea, um, let's see here: 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 teams are actually over the cap. Uh, The worst of those teams is my New Orleans Saints at 75 million over the cap. Uh, From there, the Chiefs are one, two, three, four, five, six places above uh, that. So they're right in the middle of the pack at 14 million under. They have what's called an effective cap space of about 2.8 million. Again, kind of right in the middle. Um, But there are some things that can be done, and there's some things they're going to have to do. One, they've got to figure out the Tyron Matthew thing. Do they let him walk? They can get compensation as a draft pick if they let him go, if he signs as a free agent somewhere else. Uh, what do they do there? Orlando Brown, their left tackle, who they just got in the offseason, do they let him go? Do you, do you use the franchise tag on either of these two guys? The problem with using the franchise tag on those two guys is you have to pay them a one-year deal. It's equal to the average of the top three players at their position. So for a guy like Orlando Brown, you're looking at $20 bucks for the next year. A guy like Tyron Matthew, maybe at 20 or 25000000 million. You're already going to be a little cap-strapped. Um, other guys, other notable free agents, uh, Byron Pringle, um, uh, Melvin Ingram, who they get they traded for late in the season from the Steelers. That's why they got him so cheap for a sixth-round pick and that he's going to be a free agent. Um, uh Uh, Travis Ward, Uh, let me see here. Daniel Sorensen, again, I don't think he's coming back. So there's a couple things here. Here's a couple things I do warn the Chiefs not to do. So one thing you can do is you can cut a player. And based on how you set their their, their contract up, sometimes you can save money on the cap. Uh, One of the ones that you may look at in this case is Anthony Hitchens. Uh, Hitchens is due... Uh, his base salary is 7.8 million. He has 4.2 million in prorated bonus. He's got another half million in pre- in per game roster bonus and another $200,000 in workouts. Now he's got a cap number currently of 12.6 million. If he's cut in this offseason, you'd have 4.2 million in in dead money, but you'd save 8.4 million in in cap savings. So this is what the bean counters look at. The guys who are nerds like me, this is what we look at. We look at those and we say, okay, well, what do you do here? It, it would be kind of easy for the Chiefs to say, well, we can find a similar type of player cheaper. Let's save the $8 million toward the cap. I would actually say I think he's a pretty good player, and you might think about trying to work out like a two-year extension where you spread some of that bonus over the next couple of years. We're going to see some pretty big hikes in the salary cap, in 2023 and 24, as the pay, as the income comes in higher off the new television contracts, so I think it's a, a good example there. Now the big contract obviously is Mahomes. Mahomes' number is huge. Uh, Mahomes' 2022 number he is a 35 million dollar cap number. He's by far number one on the team in that. Not a lot you can do. His cap number is actually pretty friendly for a quarterback. So really, that isn't a big, big issue to me. The big issue to me is these two defensive linemen, Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Between them, are fifty-five million in the cap. You got twenty-six million on Clark, twenty-nine million on Jones. Um, on Clark, you can save twelve million, but you're going to have thirteen million in dead money. And in Chris Jones, if you were to cut him, you actually would have to pay more roster bonus, and you'd end up being worse off. So. Uh, what you might think about, and what has to happen on one of those, would be a possible trade. Uh, what happens is, again, if you trade a player, kind of give you a little bit of a cap lesson here. If you trade a player, it's depending on when you trade him. That cap, the uh, the the all the prorated bonus that you haven't paid is now come due, unless the player signs an extension with the team that he's going to. So in both cases with Frank Clark and Chris Jones, they're both free agents after 2023. So I don't think you'll see either of them get traded. I don't think you definitely won't see either of them get cut. But that's a lot of money on the cap between those two players. You might see if a if if they if management says, hey, let's extend one of them, that could be a place you can save some money. An extension would allow you to take some of that pro-rated bonus, spread it for three or four or five more years, that kind of thing. So there are some things there. Um, another cut could be uh, Rashard Fenton. I think it would be a huge mistake. Uh, it doesn't save you a lot of money on the cap to cut Fenton. And I thought he played I thought he played really well this week. I thought he's played pretty well in the defensive backfield. But uh, there's a couple of guys like that. Where, again, I don't think they have like the big... The big no-brainer cuts. For example, Derek Carr with the Raiders is one of those. It's $19 million on the cap, and they don't owe him any more bonus, so they can cut him, and they save $19 million on their cap. Uh, the Chiefs, I think, overall, cap-wise, are in a good place. They also, unlike the Rams, they actually have a lot of draft picks. Not a lot, but they've got a couple of extra picks. They have all their first through three round picks. They don't have a four this year. Uh, they got an extra three but they just got when one of their front office people just left. So it's draft compensation in that way. So um, it's going to be really key that the Chiefs find the right fit of players. And I would encourage the Chiefs to go to focus on defensive backs, and I would focus on the defensive backs, and I would focus on the offensive line. You can find playmakers. We've seen what's happened in the league this year. This year alone, Odell Beckham moved this year. We saw other players that have moved around. You can get some of these players during the season. The Chiefs went down Melvin Ingram, who's not an offensive player, but a player that you can get in the middle of the season for a pretty cheap draft pick later. So it's not important to make a big splash in free agency, more so to consider making good, solid signings Like they did last year, Um, I thought they kind of overpaid for Thuny, but I don't think it was a terrible play. Um, And then from there, fill in with some stuff. I think the one thing the Chiefs really need to do better of, and I really thought they were going to do this this past offseason, we talked about this in the Jones Report, we talked about it over here a couple times, is players should from all around the league, especially offensive players, should want to play with Patrick Mahomes. I think the one thing that's going to be interesting is to see where players players like like Odell Beckham, like you know these guys who uh, Leonard Fournette, a lot like the guys who went to what Tampa did the last two years with Tom Brady. Now we're hearing Tom Brady may be retiring. You know, I know that that news broke over the weekend with Adam Schefter. Uh, when it comes to Schefter, I don't believe it till the person says it. So I'm not going to talk about that this week. We'll talk about that on the point five if we hear more between now and then. But a lot of those players, if that's the example. The Chiefs should very much build their team like the Bucks have. That's a good way to do it. And you've got Mahomes. He's under contract. He doesn't want to go anywhere. And he's a good fit with Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid, on his coaching staff, needs to figure out and get someone who could tell him how to work the clock. Someone who could slap him in the face once in a while and say, quit getting cute. And then from there, as far as building the roster, Build it with young players on the defensive side of the ball. Fill in some some veterans, kind of veterans and young guys up front. Um, I like what they did in the offseason this past draft on the uh, the center, and what they've done there. Uh, I think it's really that's uh, with uh, a couple things they've done there. I think they've got some really nice pieces. So for Chiefs fans, they'll say, "Well, our team, our roster is going to be, you know, great." I don't know if the roster is going to be great. There are a lot of guys who have been big parts of this season who will not be here next year. And, and that's going to be a little bit of a problem. Uh, number one, you've got to figure out what to do with Tyron Matthew. Whether you get him back or not, he's getting a big contract somewhere. I don't know where. Um, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and speculate. I can pull up and tell you cap-wise who has money. I mean, Here's the thing, you've got... The Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Bengals, the Chargers, and the Jets, the top five in salary cap. You got two teams in there to kind of scare me. The Bengals. The same Bengals that are now in the Super Bowl are third in cap space and they've got 57 million. You think they're not going to go on a free agent spending spree on that helping that backside of that defense and that offensive line? You're going to be crazy. Guys are going to want to go play with that guy. Same thing with the Chargers. They're sitting at 57 million. And they've got a young quarterback. And some pieces around him. Yeah, they got some pieces in that offense. It's going to be difficult. You're going to have to, if you're Andy Reid, if you're Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes needs to get there and start recruiting. He needs to start recruiting some of these players who are veteran players. He needs to be calling up guys like Leonard Fournette, like Odell Beckham, guys who are coming off of, you know, their contract—not necessarily their contract year—but coming into free agency. They want to play for a year, maybe two somewhere. The Chiefs can make some wiggle room and do that, and they should want to. And that should be the way to go. I don't think it's about finding the shiniest piece for the offense. It's about finding the best fits on that defensive line. The defensive backfield is really the best, the first place I would address, uh, especially at safety if Matthew leaves. Um, obviously, you're going to have Sorensen gone. Uh, but that was a big reason why they were better in the second half of the season. The Chiefs were off uh, defensively was a lack of playing time for Daniel Sorensen. Um, but those are the things that salary cap-wise and roster building-wise, they have to consider. They also have to consider that the division is getting better. The, the Chargers are going to get better. They've got a young QB. They've got pieces around him already. Uh, the Broncos just hired a new coach. And guess what, folks? They got a lot of salary cap money, $38 million, and they got a whole bunch of draft picks. And where did the new coach came from? He was the offensive coordinator from the Green Bay Packers. And guess who I think he wants his next quarterback to be? Don't be surprised if that division has Aaron Rodgers. And then don't be surprised if the Raiders either go draft a quarterback this year or they go sign somebody because they have salary cap room as well. They've over twenty million in free cap room. They're going to make. They're going to get nineteen more million when they cut Derek Carr, and they're going to really be in a good spot salary cap wise. And they've got some nice pieces offensively, and I think some really good pieces defensively. So, building that roster is going to be really important for the Chiefs. This is not about having the same guys come back. It's really mean that the Chiefs are going to have to look at that team and say, how do we get better? What did we not do well? And what do we do to address that in this offseason? I think last year they did a spectacular job of trying to address the offensive line. That was their weakest point. It's the reason they didn't score any offensive points, no no offensive touchdowns in the Super Bowl last year, and they addressed it. I think during the season, adding Melvin Ingram was a fantastic move. These are the kind of things the Chiefs are going to have to do And if they don't do that, and you don't start seeing them get better and deeper as a roster, if they're not getting better, they're falling backwards because it's going to get harder and harder in the AFC. It's going to get harder and harder in the West, not to mention that same AFC. You've got Lamar Jackson. You've got Josh Allen. You've got Joe Burrow now. And none of these guys are afraid to come to your house. I'm just saying there's a lot of things that need to be done here in one arrowhead drive. The other thing, um, this is not going to be a popular take. I am someone who is not a big fan of Andy Reid in-game. I think Andy Reid's a good man. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a guy who can build you a roster, and I think he's really good with what Patrick Mahomes does. But I, there is something that I have said this all season long and I will stand by this and I believe I'm right and I believe that frankly the Chiefs are wrong on this. I believe they are too cute offensively. I think the gimmick plays, the, you know, putting Kelsey under center and running the option and the, you know, the trick plays and the jump passes and while we see some of that in other teams, the Chiefs seem to have a briefcase full of them. And, it's not, to me, it's not good for your team. Now, hear me out on this. Well, I don't think it's good for your team. Today was the example. You're going to have to play good teams to win the Super Bowl. To get to a Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat good teams in the playoffs. Last week, the Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills because they won a coin toss at the end. If Buffalo wins the coin toss, the Chiefs were at home this weekend. They were good. They were done. And that game would have been in Buffalo. However, what I think, there's a couple things that I think Andy Reid as a coach must improve on. And I have three things here. One, his clock management is poor. I mean, it's bad. He showed it again at the end of the second half. Now people are going to say, well, well, what about the 13 seconds? That was incredible last week. It was. But Andy Reid is really piss poor at clock management. Really bad. And... You know, again, this this week was kind of an example. He he cost himself a scoring opportunity in the first half. Now, I don't think he's alone in that. I think a lot of teams in the NFL aren't good at that. I think Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys, is the worst I've ever seen at it. I think Pete Carroll is bad at it. There are guys, and I don't understand this, but there are guys that just don't seem to understand that every possession is important and that... It, Time and how you run the clock with how you do things is really important. Hey, Zach Taylor almost cost the Bengals the game today. Had the Chiefs scored a touchdown, it would have been really difficult for the Bengals to come back. And I know Romo said it on the on the telecast. They really needed to, They the Bengals really needed to call timeout before the, the uh, two-minute warning. That was 40 more seconds. You know, those are the kind of things. Someone has to have People in their ear to tell them that. Some coaches just need someone to say, hey, don't forget to do this. Hey, do this here. That's something you're gonna do. You're gonna sit with your coordinators on Friday at the end of practice, you can say, Hey guys, here's what we're gonna do in these situations. And you got your clock guy. There is no limit to how many coaches you can have on a staff. Good teams should have a clock guy. You got an offensive coordinator, you got a defensive coordinator, you got a special teams coordinator. You've got to have a clock guy. Someone who says, hey, here's the some situations. I think Andy Reid's really bad at the clock. I think Andy Reid's refusal to consistently run the football this season cost the Chiefs their chance at the Super Bowl. I'll, I'm going to say that again. Andy Reid's refusal to run the football consistently cost the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. In the second half, the Chiefs ran 31 offensive plays. which is with the lead the entire half. With the lead, 31 plays, they ran 21 passes and 10 rushes. This is a team that's, last few weeks, running the ball fantastic. They have averaged almost six yards of carry today. Last week, they did average over six yards of carry. they are got a good offensive line, they've got a good mix of backs. It, you don't have to have Derrick Henry in order to run the ball well. You can do it by committee. Hell, I think that running back is the most replaceable position in the entire field in the NFL. But for some reason, the Chiefs could not get it through their head that running the football is important. They have to win and look cute. And any guy will tell you that the cute girl, the cute, the girl who's always trying to be cute, ain't always the one you want to go home with. So, yeah. That's my second one in him. The last one I think is really important. And this is that Andy Reid and this team are too reliant on Patrick Mahomes winning games for them. I think Patrick Mahomes is fantastic. I think he is incredible. He has an incredible arm. He's got great feet. He can run the ball. I mean, he is... I mean... If he keeps going the way he's going, he's going to be one of the greatest of all time. I'm not one of these that thinks he's Michael Jordan of football. I think he's got a special set of needs that can be used well, and I think Andy Reid uses those needs very well. But the Chiefs have an issue with they rely on Patrick Mahomes to be the best Patrick Mahomes every game. that They can't seem to win a big game by Patrick Mahomes just being good enough. And I think that's a problem because you can't always depend on Patrick Mahomes to go out there and throw for, you know, 350 and four touchdowns. And Mahomes was great for half a game this week. The first half, he looked incredible. And it was obvious the Chiefs had a game plan. This is what we're going to do. But they really didn't have a game plan for the adjustments. They have not been good against adjustments. You know, last week, Buffalo didn't really adjust a whole lot of anything defensively. They just wanted to get it, they just got into a shootout and said, let's just throw it out there. As great as that game was, it was very sloppy on the defensive side. It doesn't really get talked about, but it's true. You cannot assume that your quarterback is going to play the best that that quarterback can play every week. Tom Brady has these Super Bowls, but he has not played great in all those games. You know, Peyton Manning, who I think is one of the best three or four quarterbacks of all time, he does not, his team was not relied on him being the greatest player on the field every week. When he is, he's hard to beat. I've said the best five quarterbacks not active. The best five quarterbacks I've seen are Montana, Marino, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. If you look, when they were all successful, when they all won, they all won because the teams were built around not just who they are and what their skill sets are, but they didn't rely on that player to be the end-all, be-all. Of those five, Marino was the one who probably was the lowest let down by a coach. I mean, he had to carry a team. And I think he had unbelievable skills. But look at a guy like Joe Montana. Joe Montana never owned a passing record. But he might be the best football player, maybe the best quarterback of all time. I mean, he's in that argument. You know, Tom Brady's biggest yards and touchdown years aren't necessarily the best team years. Sometimes they were, but he can still have a game where he throws for 250 and throws an interception, and you can still win the game. The Chiefs are too reliant on Patrick Mahomes playing well to win. You know, early in the season, the Chiefs lost. What it was it? Was four out of six? People were saying the league has figured Mahomes out. If the league has figured Mahomes out, that shouldn't be the death nail to the Chiefs. Unfortunately, it is because he got figured out in the second half today, as I'm recording this Sunday night. And because of that, and the inability to run the ball, and the inability to make changes to the offense, and the inability to say, hey, here's what they're giving us now. Here's what they've changed. What are we going to do to flex on that? That's why the Chiefs are done, and the Cincinnati Bengals beat them. Hey, look, one week ago I thought, man, this would be fantastic You know, if Burrow goes in there and plays well and it'll hopefully keep it close, No, I don't think anybody thought that they were going to actually win the game. This is on Reed, and it's on Mahomes. And I think it's more so on Reed. This is the same thing that Andy Reed did in Philly. You Go ask Philadelphia Eagles fans how they feel about Andy Reed. I mean, he went to a Super Bowl, and he had Donovan McNabb, who, again, maybe isn't the Hall of Famer, and he's borderline at best, but... A guy who was a fantastic talent. They put good running games around him, but they they didn't want to run the ball. They put fantastic running backs. LaShawn McCoy, Ricky Waters. These are guys who Andy Reid had in Philly at different times. And they just could not ever get there and get it done. The time they did, it said, well, they got blown out. The Chiefs have some fantastic pieces. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, I... I, Mahomes is, is, is a stud, but a lot of this is their inability as a team to understand that one player cannot get it done by himself. And Patrick Mahomes is a special talent. He's an absolutely special talent. But And I can say, hey, it's on Mahomes and Reed, but it's really on Andy Reed. It's, I mean, Mahomes did everything he could to deck. And he just got outplayed in the second half. I mean, he didn't look good in the second half, and it was because the defense changed up quite a bit. I I think that, I think Andy Reid has got to change up what he's doing with regards to Mahomes and the offense, if they're going to be successful and consistently a winner. You know, a couple years ago, the Chiefs made the Super Bowl, and they win the Super Bowl. And, you know, and Andy Reid is universally respected and admired, and I, and I respect and admire him. Um, and it was almost like a, you know, we're going to crown the new king in Patrick Mahomes. And people thought, he's going four, five, or six of these. And I remember warning a good friend of mine, we're playing golf, talking about it. And I said, hey, you know, there was a quarterback who was incredible, who in 1984 broke every record in the book, went to the Super Bowl, lost, and never got back. Had a Hall of Fame career, broke every damn record there was. That's what Dan Marino did. If Patrick Mahomes does not get more help in the run game and just being more consistent with the play calling and finding what consistently the Chiefs will do, Patrick Mahomes could turn into Dan Marino. And you may not be going back. Not now. Not the way the rest of the league is catching up to the Chiefs. And I know people are going to say, well, wait a minute, they just lost this one game. Let's tell you the real facts. Let's tell you the real facts of the Kansas City Chiefs in the last year and a half. Last year, the Chiefs got to the Super Bowl and didn't score a touchdown. Oh, but they didn't have a good offensive line. But what did they do well to get there? It wasn't that... They run the ball well, or they just throw the great passes to Kelsey and Mahomes. It was a lot of the cute bullshit and Mahomes just being incredible. But it didn't work when they got to the Super Bowl. The year before, they were better. When they went to the Super Bowl the first time, they were a better team. They were a better team all around. This year. The Chiefs played four games. So you take the last seven teams, the last eight teams, including the Chiefs. So you had the last eight teams that were playing. This would be the Chiefs, the Bengals, uh, the Titans, the Bills, and the AFC. and the NFC, that's the Packers, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Bucks. Of those eight, I mean, obviously the Chiefs were one of them. So you had seven there. The Chiefs played four games against those seven. They went one and three. One and 3 during in the regular season. They lost against Buffalo at home. They lost against Tennessee. They lost to the Bengals. They beat the Packers with no Aaron Rodgers. In the big games, you have to do what you do best. And the Chiefs offensively don't know what they do best because they're reliant on number 15 to just go out there and win it. And you can't do that in football. It doesn't work that way. If Andy Reid does not make some changes, they're not going back. I mean, they might sneak into a Super Bowl. But really, I mean, the deck's now stacked against them. The, The teams, the competition's much more difficult. Look at some of these teams that are getting better. Buffalo is just as good, if not better. Buffalo's a better roster they have a better quarterback. I mean you could argue which one you want there. The Bengals just went from being 4-11 one to going to the Super Bowl and they beat you in your house. The Titans have the best running back in the league. I'm not really big on their on their quarterback, but Titans beat you this year and I don't know who's to say they couldn't have done this this year. In the playoffs they had a chance cuz they were the number 1 seed. You know, Justin Herbert's in your division now, and the Chargers are coming. The Raiders have salary cap room, and they've got a brand-new clean slate to build off of. And the Broncos have got a lot of great pieces, and they may be adding a monster chip if they go get Aaron Rodgers. This is going to get interesting. It's going to get interesting, and if you're the Chiefs, you better be thinking about what's important and how to build it. But not just building the roster. We talked about the roster, and that can be done. But Andy Reid has to really think about who we are as an offense. That's what he has to be thinking about. I say we, I'm talking as him. Who are the Chiefs as an offense? Because right now, you can't tell me what the Chiefs' identity is as an offense. It's a little bit of schoolyard bullshit of throwing the ball deep to Hill or underneath to Kelsey doesn't work against good teams. If it worked against good teams, the Chiefs would have been in the Super Bowl. But it didn't work. The last play Mahomes had offensively, he's in the backfield, he's dancing around, dancing around, he rushed three. And everyone's covered. And then you got the swipe, the ball's fumbled, he does recover, you know, and the Chiefs go up there and kick the field goal to take it to overtime. But who are you (laughs) offensively? Who are you defensively? The Chiefs are neither. They don't know who they are. They don't have an identity past number fifteen, and that's not an identity. I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes turn into Dan Marino. I want to see Patrick Mahomes turn into Michael Jordan. I'm not a Chiefs fan, but goddamn it, I live here. I'd like to see Patrick Mahomes turn into Dan Marino, not in the Joe Montana, and win four Super Bowls. That'd be really cool. Right now, I'm not sure he's even going to get back to one. And that's not on Patrick Mahomes. That's on Andy Reid. All right, well, thank you for letting me rant today. So uh, we're going to talk on the point .5. Ellen and I will go into more about the Super Bowl, the matchup coming up. We're going to talk about that for the next two weeks. we got two point five pods between now and then. Uh, we'll be back next week as well, talk about... All things sports next month, next Monday as well. Uh, we'll talk about the NFL coaching hirings. We'll see more and more. We've already got a few of those filled, and we'll talk more and more about that, uh, coming up as well. Um, we might probably even have a couple of guests these next couple of weeks as we get ready to go into the Super Bowl, which is my favorite time of the year now, Super Bowl time. and I'm a football guy first and foremost, and so I'm enjoying this. So this will be fun, and then, um, We'll just kind of see how things shake out these next couple of weeks. So it'll be fun to talk about. Join us in the Point 0.5. Ellen and I will be talking about a lot of stuff and going from there. I uh, want to thank everybody who are listening today. Uh, Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, thank you so much for all you do behind the scenes. Hey, if you haven't checked it out yet, I want you to go get my man Luke Slabaugh. Uh, Raw Tools with Luke Slaybaugh here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I want you to give him a listen. He is great. Fantastic. He's doing some stuff over there. I think it's really cool. I want you to give him a listen as well. You can find it anywhere you find us. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Help us out. Rate and review us. Give us five stars. I want my rating on Spotify to be higher than Joe Rogan's. That's all I want. I just want a better number as far as you know, five stars over Joe Rogan. Help me out with that. We'll get that moving. So, until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. Chiefs fans, cheer up. you have got a lot to look forward to. Take care, everybody.